Hi, I'm John Atak, and I am delighted to welcome my extraordinarily good friend and colleague, Yuval Law. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, always a pleasure, Yuval. Yes. And you have a PhD, don't you? I do, yes. You do, in cultural studies, is that right? That is correct, yes. And before that, you got a master's degree in the um, history of science and ideas, was it? Yeah, well, history and philosophy of science and ideas is the name of the, yeah. Fair enough. And before that, <laughs> you got a degree where you majored in physics and philosophy or something? Yeah, double double major, yeah. Double major. So has anybody accused you of being a show-off before? <laughs> well, only if I would have said those things, but oh. you said those things, and not because I asked you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So you, you bask in the reflected glory, yeah. Um, which is all to say that that you've spent a little time in educational institutions and acquired a certain amount of information. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that when I talk about the difference between being an authoritarian and being an authority, um, authority is actually a good thing when it's expert authority as opposed to rank authority. Um, when it's actual expert authority, not yeah, claimed we, expert, not. <laughs> Not sham expert authority. Sure. Yeah. So I, something happened to me last week. I was interviewed by a, a guy who um, had made a documentary, a very good documentary, a few years ago, and then tried to, to get a job. At, well, actually proposed various other documentary ideas. A couple of them sounded pretty good to me. And he said that he's given up on, on trying to present documentaries because he was repeatedly told, and this is in the UK, that um, he can't present documentaries because he's a white male. And that was a surprising thought to me, you know, that, that probably probably a cis straight white male. Yeah. I mean, um, the last time this came up was was, in fact, another friend who, like this guy, was Jewish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also but based in america who was told that he he might not be acceptable in what he had to say to uh, first nations peoples in north america because he was a white cis male and mm -hmm. i i'm a very innocent person as everybody knows so to me this sounds like sexism and racism um yeah i mean not not the traditional term. kind but it is discriminatory yeah yeah, so I, th I thought I'll go to you, Val, and, and see yeah. what he has to say. So um, start us off with some thoughts. So, well, uh, first of all, this this is a, a fairly new project, this um, representation um, obsession, right? This, this idea that the way to help minorities is to make sure that they are represented either as uh, TV characters, or they're represented uh, in in, uh, in government, and uh, that project, which used to be a, a, a very small footnote in, in the project of any left uh, um, behavior, that was that was the you know it was it was supposed to be something. Once we get equality, eventually we'll also have equality in representation. But equality was the, the key for traditional left. But 
we don't have a left, uh, not in the US and not in the UK. We uh, just like Elron Hubbard had a first wife and a third wife, he didn't have a second wife. We have uh, one right-wing party and we have a third way party. <laughs> no mm, second way. But let, let me interject that, that, mm -hmm. that since New Labour came into being in the yep. 1990s, we have Tory and Tory light. And yeah. I'm not always sure which is which. The, the, yeah. And the term mm -hmm. left wing which and lefty, which is so much used, I, I don't recognize that, you know, I, I, I believe in democracy. And, I, you know, at one end, you've got totalitarianism where the state is in control, which is sometimes called communism or socialism. And at the other end, you've got totalitarianism where some idiot like Boris Johnson is in control. Or, or, or Rupert Murdoch. Yes, or Rupert Murdoch, even worse, yeah. and even more so, yeah. So yeah. I don't, I, I no longer, you know, you need two wings if you're going to fly. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, but what we have today, and, and, and Noam Chomsky uh, 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 talked about this and wrote about this, that if you're going to have a, a effective propaganda, you, the propaganda, the project is not to get everybody to agree. The project is to get a very lively and thriving and very good discussion with a lot of arguments, but to maintain it within a certain, uh, you know, within parameters. a certain uh, parameters. Yeah. And that gives the illusion of plurality of ideas, of plurality of thought. But so in America today, we have the Republican Party, which um, is right wing, you know, which is right wing. We have the, the Democratic Party, which is since right Bill Clinton, but also maybe as far back as as uh, Jimmy Carter uh, or the second half of his reign that that he was right wing um, or neoliberal, and uh, and they're both warmongers. But you know, we have one party that's neoliberal uh, warmongers that oppose abortion rights, and the other side is neoliberal warmongers that. Uh, support abortion rights and um so you know we, we got our options so the this illusion of uh, um of actual discourse is i think a, a very important and central part of of what's going on here the, another thing is you know let's let's go all the way back to the 19th century and uh, there's a guy called Karl Marx, right? I think I've heard of him. He was yeah. one of the Marx brothers. <laughs> He's, yeah. Um, so Karl Marx uh, writes in 1948, Workers of the World Unite, right? 18, in the 1848. Common, 1848, yes. In, in, the, um, in the Communist Manifesto. Yeah. And Karl Marx uh, is at a time which is before nationalism. So... Nationalism is this uh, uh, idea that there are nations, that they're ancient, that we're uh, that they're, they're an authentic identity. But this was something that was being built, right? So the the this is a project that that accelerates in the second half of the 19th century, as as they say, the past still has a great future. You know, oh. we're all going to be ancient people returning to our ancient roots, and we're mm. going to invent this uh uh story and uh so marx 
because he is before nationalism, he cannot fathom the idea that a French worker or a French speaking worker, which probably is bilingual, will identify more with his boss, which is oppressing him, than he would with a, a, a German speaker, also probably bilingual, on the other side of the border. If we're talking about Alsace-Rhein, definitely bilingual, yeah. Yeah, and on both sides of the border, or bilingual, uh, or almost all the population. And so the the idea that there will be a national identity which will overwhelm the class identity, right? So there is class, mm -hmm. and then Marx tells us we need also class identity, right? Because we live in false consciousness, right? So that's a tradition going back to Plato saying, oh, the masses, they have false consciousness. We just need to open their eyes, wake them up, let them see that they should have a class identity. They should mm -hmm. identify with other people of their class uh, and then we will you know progress by through this class identity we'll have a strike we'll have right that's the Marxist story yeah. so this story crashes and burns in the face of nationalism because by the time World War one happens the, the the French you know coal miner and the German coal miner are willing to kill each other on behalf of the people that oppress them, which yeah. is something that doesn't really fit into <laughs> Marxist ideas. And so we get, it, with nationalism, we get two basic types of identities. We have the inclusive nationalisms, which are saying that you can join us, for example, the French nationalism saying, as long as you speak French, you eat the baguette, you uh, listen to Maurice Chevalier, it's you know uh, uh, you are one of us, mm. right? So it's not it's not blood. On the German side or or east of the and Rhine, which meant that if you're an Algerian, a Blackfoot, if 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 you, you know, you're you part, theoretically Romans, could be, you were part of the Roman Empire, so you were a Roman, and there yeah. were no distinctions of skin color or class or anything else. Yeah. Or there, you were a Roman, so you had the rights of a Roman. Which but not but it's it's an it's an invitive identity, right? So the ident someone can become French, and someone can become English. Um, and on the east side of the Rhine, on, on Germany and also Poland and and, and uh, other places, the identities are rigid and essential. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're German uh, if you have German blood, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can. You know, read Goethe, you can speak German, it doesn't matter. Blood and soil. Uh, now, one of those is, of course, a lot better <laughs> than the other, but it's not because the French or the English or in some some way the Spanish were were good. This is this is because if, if you look at Alsace and Lorraine, you have people that the French imagine them to have German blood, whatever that is, but they want to have that territory. So they're telling, oh, no, it's fine. You just speak French and you're one of us. There's no problem. The Germans, the reason why they're such blood oriented is because it doesn't matter what you speak, what you eat. You have German blood. You're one of us, right? So this both comes from territorial greed, right? Both of those mm. stances. But um, in the in the French, uh, uh, the Dreyfus affair. Mm, yeah, the, Dreyfus was the thing that bounced into mind. Yeah, the the good guys say that Dreyfus is French, mm. 
even though there's he doesn't have French blood or whatever, he's French even though he's not a Catholic. Now, if France and would he define itself, he wasn't just not yeah. a Catholic, but he was French. But if the French would define themselves as the land of the French Catholics, or if England defined itself as the land of the Anglicans, you it would have fallen apart already. The, the the this would not have been tolerated. The the minorities in England uh, or in, in in Britain. Um, so this this is not uh, you know I'm, I'm these are types of identities. Okay. Now, uh, if we continue to if, if or, or you know if we turn to today and we're looking at this identity politics and this representation uh, obsession. Um, we see that those identities are of the essentialist type, right? Being a white male is not something you can join or being a cis, you know, uh, uh, gendered or, or straight, right? So these are all essentialist identities that are, um, uh, that we're told that the project of helping uh, disadvantaged people, right? This is whatever is left of the left wing is to get uh, get minorities represented, which is sort of like trickle down um, uh, uh, cultural capital. Yep. Right? So saying that we're gonna help uh, the, 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 uh, a few, right? We're gonna get some black African-American billionaires, Oprah Winfrey or, or Michael Jordan, and that will trickle down, right? So poor black people will see themselves represented in the super rich class, and that will inspire them to... To, to be like O.J. Simpson. Yeah, to be <laughs> entrepreneurs or whatever, whatever this, this neoliberal fantasy is. Um, and what the, the, the reason why we're a part of the reason why we're we're obsessed with with this and and why it has become such a a, a horrible is the the left right divide i think that that one way to think about it and this i get from from thomas frank is that one side is uh concerned with solidarity and the other side is concerned with meritocracy mm. so the solidarity uh, option is to look at the worst people who are worse off and try to lift them up, right? To find the people who are in prisons and in mental institutions and in hospitals, the poor, the, the, the sick, the disadvantaged, and try to help them. Meritocracy uh, says that we need to find the most talented or the most, the richest, <laughs> the ones that get the highest grades, uh, and we need to help them. And that actually will trickle down and help the poor as well yep. right so um since solidarity was thrown away in the 90s right bill clinton and, and and tony blair right we don't have any solidarity we have now two options we have um the right wing which tells you that if you're poor that's because you're lazy mm. and you don't have the merit of being industrious and therefore you're poor you're and there was a famine or no and then and then the left, whatever is left of the wing, you know, what's presented as left wing tells you that the reason why you're poor is because you didn't get good enough grades. Mm. And you didn't go to good enough school. Now, and of course, the system as it used to be known in China. 
Yeah. So the and and of course there is a paradox that you can't have everybody have the degrees. You know, still someone's going to need to wash dishes, right? Um, so uh, many of them will be PhDs, but they come from other countries. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if if you know uh, a left wing now this class identity, which never really uh happened too much or or happened in an early 20th century but was was killed in the middle of the 20th century um was replaced in many times with racial identity or ethnic identity uh which are fairly similar and the concept was that there is some overlaps that the poor if you talk about helping black people then you're talking about helping poor people because Black people tend to be poor. And if you help women, right? So the, this class, which is a, an economic class, which is a real thing and which might or might not have an identity connected to it, gets replaced with uh, a, a different type of class, right? A, a, an ethnic class uh, or an ethnic identity, uh, a gender identity. Now, those are very, very, very different. Right, because they there is no actual overlap, and when it comes to women or or gays, there's no overlap. There's women in every, in the poor, and the in the rich, and the you know everywhere there's everywhere there's gay people, everywhere there's transgender people. But um, uh, the this 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 brings problems with trying to help the the the, the poor, right, which is should be our project or the right if we have solidarity um nobody because, should be starving nobody should be suffering from easy yeah. diseases everybody and, should have access to an education and the law should be fair to all not just to the people who can afford it so that would be traditional left-wing yeah. politics the what we have left now after the third way took over the left, which is the, the right wing, is that... Champagne socialism, as Tony Blair and co called it. What, what socialism? socialism? Champagne socialism. Yeah, wow. They then um, got rid of, of the clause in the Labour Party manifesto about socialism, so which is basically the Labour Party until then still included, I think it's clause 14, that believed in state ownership of industry. And... <laughs> You know, they decided, nah, we don't need yeah. that, you know. <laughs> but probably just as well, we, I think, you know, but so if if you look at a, a left-wing attempt to help, let's say, the black community, that would be reparations. Mm. You take all the black people, you give all of the money, a lot of them will be poor, that's gonna help them. A few of them are gonna be rich, it's not gonna help them as much, but that would be one way. But notice that that raises the floor. What we ended up doing is um, affirmative action. Yeah, affirmative action says that we'll take the most talented or the richest or the people who got the best grades who happen to be black, and we'll make sure that they get a, a spot on on some university. Right. So this doesn't help the poor. Mm. This and not just that it actually helps many times the, the the richest so the people who end up sitting in this 
as the accepted because they were black might be children of wealthy Africans who robbed, <laughs> you know, who came to to the West because of of a lot of wealth which was robbed, and now they're black, so they're you know they 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 can they can get in. So yeah, this they, is... they, they, there's a privilege that that they get which has nothing yeah. to do with their origins and their background. You know, they might well come from Dahomey and they might well be rich because their ancestors were selling slaves to the Americas, yeah. you know, so it's simple as it looks here. Yeah, so the, the affirmative action has the effect of not helping the poor while, you know, being presented as what the left wants, right? Now, this is not actually the left. This is the pretend left. Mm. But because we don't have a real left, the uh, the right wing can very easily attack it because it's such a, a sham. It's such a farce. It's 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 idiotic. It's it's I mean, and it's unjust. And so, what you end up with is two um, the society being fractured, and one side uh, uh, says that the, the 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 problem is poor immigrants or or woke people who, who um right there's which are the new class and they united with the moochers and the the lazy and the it's immigrant problems. yeah and they're the problem and the other side says that the problem is poor white racists or just white racists right so both sides blame the poor instead of noticing that no the the problem is because neoliberalism is a scam <laughs> because... what, what, what's the origins of neoliberalism how did when is the term first so used? neoliberalism it's it's 1947 um it's it's uh, uh i think there's a meeting that's considered the origin of, of neoliberalism and it's it's the austrian economists certain austrian economists there's hayek there's von mises there um, and neoliberalism, it's it's anti-democratic uh, because it's it the sovereign should be the market, right? Um, and it claims it's it's Which is, it, when you say the sovereign should be the market, that's to say that that the religion is the worship of free the free market. If the market is free, then yeah. everything will be happy and everything will work. So yeah, and and it's Jesus it's, uh, will come back to earth and. The Garden of Eden will be restored. Yeah, it, yeah, it, because the market will give us the true, and this is all you know, facing capitalism. Idea this of is, homeostasis that comes about because of the the freedom to rip people off. <laughs> yeah, so that that's actually a, a a critique which came before them by by Polanyi, who says there's the good freedoms and the bad freedoms, and if you just let everybody do anything you want. The bad freedoms, the freedom to gouge your customer, the freedom to, you know, for a landlord to gouge their renter, right? All those negative freedoms, those are the ones that are actually they're going to win out. Isaiah Berlin <laughs> put it simply, didn't he? That freedom for wolves is death for sheep. <laughs> yeah. There, Tony Blair's there, there great go. inspiration. He wrote to Isaiah Berlin to say, I think this would be the policy to follow. What do you think? And Berlin wrote back and said, you haven't understood what I was saying at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, then, then there's the negative freedoms and the positive freedoms, but um, the, the um, 
what uh, uh, so so neoliberalism is is uh, um, it's it's the trickle down economics, right? It's it's we're gonna uh, and and of course what we ended up with neoliberals started with saying that a a planned market cannot work, right? You cannot have a planned economy. You cannot have yep. yeah a centralized control. Now, what we have today, Amazon.com, that's a centralized controlled economy. <laughs> you go to Walmart, there's everything there. You can live only on Walmart, and there's people who are forced to live only on Walmart. So we ended up with this planned economy um, or this centralized controlled economy. It, it's not, you know, it, it, that's what we ended up having. And the, the, the the attack that that in, in in communist countries you have shortages you have you have and which are built in and of course we have a capitalist society here where when there's a shortage the rich make more money so they make sure there's a shortage right we have a shortage now of baby formula and this and in the united states there's there's also the shortages which are um improve the the profit of 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 the rich this is game theory uh has has a, a thought thought experiment that um let's say i'm a teacher of a class and and i have students right i have 26 students and i take a deck of cards right with 52 cards and i give each student the red card and i keep all the black cards and i tell them that the principal of the school will give a hundred dollars if we hand them a red card and a, a black card together so uh and ask how much do you want to sell me your your red card so you know and and, and they do yeah right it's 50 dollars, right because we each give a card so <laughs> but let's say then i take three of my cards and i cut them i throw them away in the trash now i have 23 cards there's 26 of them three of them are going to be left with nothing so now they have an interest to say, well, I'll, I'll accept $45 as long as I'm not one of the three that missed out. Yeah. So you would think that I would make less money by cutting three of my cards, but no, I will make oh. more money of the three of my cards. So this is- By creating the, a shortage, you create yeah. more value in what, what you have. Yeah. And so this is the actual free market. This is actual game theory. This is what happens. This is why we have- control shortages that's why nintendo always around christmas we don't have enough consoles we're you know we're gonna have to stand in line because some of you are not gonna get a console this time because we made sure that there's only 97 percent of the supply that that of, um so uh, um that's what actual free market does and of course free market originally by Adam Smith was described as a market that's free from financiers, free from landlords, and free from monopolies. Well, today, free market means that the bank is free to fuck you as much as he wants, the the landlord is free to exploit you, and monopolies are free to price gouge you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it so is, it's, it's a point worth dwelling upon. Adam Smith was an 18th century economist who wrote The Wealth of Nations, yeah. which alongside Thomas Paine's work, The Rights of Man, these are considered seminal and fantastically important documents, so much so yeah, yeah. that Margaret Thatcher, when she became prime minister, um, was advised by the Adam Smith Institute, uh, who had thrown away most of what Adam Smith said, but they liked <laughs> his name. 
And it, yeah, and, and he had that, that first of all, free market, what a great copyright. Yeah. Yeah. And second of all, the invisible hand, which is like a mystical, it's, it's yeah. like a supernatural thing. The invisible hand of the market, yeah. Yeah, the invisible hand of capitalism, which will set everything right. <clears throat> and it is that sort to me. I, I studied economics briefly at school uh, when I was about 17. And I, I only lasted a few weeks because I looked at this stuff and I went, this is made up. This yeah. is not a science, you know, and, and we later on get to rational expectations. As long as everybody behaves rationally, this will work. And you're going, have you met anybody who behaves rationally? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was the, the transformation that where after World War I, we had, so you know, Freud became famous and everything Ooh. was saying, how come humans are so irrational? And there's all this problem that humans are irrational. And then suddenly after World War II, suddenly, oh, humans are super rational. Yes. <laughs> there was no, <laughs> they will, you know, they will max maximize profit. And, and there, there's only individuals. There's no society. society. Um, yeah. So neoliberalism, which first is, is uh, uh, forced on Chile. That's the, and, and, Early on, and you see this again and again since you know 1973, since you know 49 years ago, mm. um, everybody that took the neoliberal <laughs> ideas and you know uh, uh, did austerity and deregulation of of everything, they all turned much more feudal. They all got a new wealth class, either a restoration of a previous wealthy class or a brand new wealthy class. Naomi um, Klein um, points to two dates in history, 1981, where Ronald Reagan came to power and set about the deregulation project, and which, of course, led to the banking yep. crisis of 2008, but the savings and loan crisis during his own time. But she says that in 1981, when he came to power, the average chief executive officer earned 40 times what the average blue-collar worker earned. Mm -hmm. And that 40 times, that seems quite a lot. By 2000, so in 20 years, just two decades with deregulation, the average CEO earned 411 times what the blue card. And it's only got worse since then. Yeah. This small group of plutocrats who are, you know, maintaining the neoliberal. Yeah. Now, some people say that this was the intention of neoliberal policies the whole time. Others say that, no, they intended something else. Uh, this what repeatedly and consistently happened. We saw the, just... Russia, the Russian economy collapse and, under the force. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and before that, I mean, in 75, the United Kingdom had the IMF impose neoliberal. Uh, the International Monetary uh, uh, Fund. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, neoliberal. Uh, so that, that is the tool that has been used to enforce that and the CIA. Of course. Now, the CIA, which, you know, would do coups to support neoliberal people and, you know, Aces. throughout the world, um, there, there was an ad. This was, uh, you know, maybe six months ago, maybe I think less than a year ago. It was uh, it was the ad was referred to as woke CIA. Right. And this is an ad of an employee of the CIA. And she's a Hispanic woman, I think. She might be gay, but I'm not sure. But she talks about her identity 
and how she's intersectional, and yet she works for the CIA. <laughs> you know so this is like i have an iq of less than 12 and i work for the cia they don't discriminate <laughs> this is the the sort of the, the the you know the 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 laughable pinnacle of this project which is a sham project now we also had uh hillary clinton and hillary clinton that was her ticket right that was what she was you know i'm gonna be the first female president her big uh, slogan was, I'm with her. Not she's with us, not uh, we're with her. Yeah, with a right wing, with a right not wing. A South Park t-shirt of, of fame. Yeah, it, it was a, with, with an arrow pointing to the right, which, yeah. was, which was bewildering. But this was um, uh, saying that th that's all she needs. She only needs to be the female expert that will represent females and this will inspire all those young women now hillary clinton in her life she destroyed libya uh she uh, honduras uh, haiti you know uh it caused some people to say that hillary clinton wanted to break the glass ceiling she, so she can take a a shard and stab a poor woman in the third world. <laughs> and she certainly doesn't represent any minority in terms of of the poor, you know. And the yeah. And if you look what she did to, I mean, she was on the board of of, of Walmart when Walmart was destroying the American, uh, mostly Southern uh, society, where Walmart will open five big gigantic stores destroy all the 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 local businesses and then close four of them and force all right this is when let, hillary let, clinton is sitting let, on the board of walmart let's expand slightly upon that when walmart uh, came to the uk and bought our chain asda their first declaration and it seemed a very odd thing to to say was that one of our supermarket chains would be closed within the year so they came in and said we're predators and uh, sure enough what year uh, was that sorry what year was that more than 10 years ago but, but okay but um the the u.s chain safeway its uk stuff had been bought here and was running independently and sure enough it was wiped out but mm -hmm. the way that that the simple way of operating and starbucks is similar is that you put your store right next to or as close to the competing store and you then cut the price on coca-cola and bread so that they are below the actual what you're paying for them mm -hmm. so people will come to buy the two most popular things in the world bread and it used to be bread and circuses but now it's bread and coca-cola um, you might you know pull your prices down on a few other things so that people will inevitably come to you poor people because you're cheaper and you will put the competitor out of business and when they're, once they're out of business guess what the price of bread and coca-cola goes up yeah so uh, and it's, it, it, it's a vicious predatory model yeah which historically and was hillary clinton was part of it yeah and historically was understood in the early 20th century that that is a problem so they wrote antitrust laws but the yeah. neoliberal project was all about you know neglecting those laws and not enforcing them so we don't uh, we haven't enforced them since i think the the early 90s um yeah it was teddy uh, roosevelt's big issue wasn't yeah. it 
Yeah. You have to stop these huge, powerful families from controlling America. And it failed completely. And well, it, I mean, it, it, it worked for a little bit, but yeah, it collapsed again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. again, the, the next project was his distant relative, um, Franklin Delano mm -hmm. as well, with the idea of a new deal, the idea of, of bringing some equality to the society. Yeah. Um, though he himself was a tremendously privileged man. Um, but, but nonetheless, I, you know, I still admire aspects of the New Deal. It was a very brave thing to try and do. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that FDR had thought up himself, but he was very good at fireside chats and all of that. So, you know, and you do need somebody who's going to persuade people. But that too failed because it was attacked by the National Association of Manufacturing, who invented the mm -hmm. slogan, the American way, which was put on billboards all over America. And the American way, as one cynical lefty has, has put forward, was to get it into people's heads that there was a constitutional right for capitalist predation, you know, that exploiting people was one of our rights. Uh, it's so, what yeah. the founders would have wanted. Yeah. The, well, they, they the slave-owning founders. You know, given that George Washington was, what, the richest man in America. Yeah. And he so, didn't have wooden teeth either. They were slaves' teeth, you know. <laughs> or ivory, usually. Um, no, it said said that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Had some teeth made up with with the teeth of slaves. They don't need them because they don't have anything hard to eat. You know, That's, they yeah. slaves do. Yeah, well, it, it was the era of rotten teeth, where everybody that could afford sugar, mm. but, uh, and no. the slaves couldn't. So you so. know. <laughs> so their teeth were great until yeah. um, yeah. they pulled out to put in George Washington's head you know so once you you took away all the the content for any left project right and and you are left with this meritocracy only uh saying that we will help the most privileged black people and that will trickle down somehow uh once you you have that there's no content so the 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 project what they're left with is this pathetic project of of representation now representation is not a bad thing it's not bad that we have minorities uh in on television and in the government but that should not be what's important and you 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 have to first of all you have to remember that that during apartheid white people in south africa said that if we you see black people they have this authentic identity and they're so close to nature and they're they, they got and if we give them the right to vote that will rob them they will become more like white people it would be european culture imprint you know would 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 start overtaking their own culture so it would be hurting them you know, to to allow them to vote so you have this multiculturalism in the was was part of the right wing oppressive project at some point you know well, um, I, I was I was in South Africa in 1996. I was in Cape Town, and uh, and I'd never thought about it before. My driver, who had been a member of the African National Congress, but decided to leave it before the end of apartheid because she didn't approve of the training of eight-year-olds with assault weapons. She'd gone to one of the training camps, so you know th there are a lot of stories that are told, but yeah. um, that that was what she told me, and 
she started bemoaning the, the loss of cultural tradition. She told me that there's a project to have all road signs written in 11 different languages so that nobody would feel excluded. And by the time you'd finished reading it, it'd be, you'd be 10 miles past it. But that it was terrible that, that you know, the, the local cultures were, you know, being destroyed. And I'd never thought about it. But mm -hmm. here we have something called Morris dancing, which I'm sure Spike can find some illustrations of, where people dress up in white, wrap think bells around their knees and smack sticks together. And it just made me kind of go, so everybody in my country should do Morris dancing. The idea that any tradition actually persists whole without transformation and change because of what it meets along the way. You, I mean, the Orthodox Jew of our time, wh where mm -hmm. does that date back to you, Val? How ancient uh, is the Orthodox Jew in the... the, the it's the it's either the early 19th century some dated as as to the late 18th century but it's it's more early 19th century yeah, yeah. and the same that if you look to the mennonites um the amish in in the us you're looking at people who are dressing up as 17th century people they're not yeah. dressing up as you know people of the time of jesus or you know it, it's like looking at a you know a Bosch or Bruegel painting of the crucifixion again, but they're all Dutch burghers standing round the cross. Well, that's the way that tradition yeah. tends to be. It it tends to be kind of Disneyfied by each generation, you know. Yeah, and that's and, my understanding of it. And authenticity is a is a feeling of knowing. It's not a <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's a mythological creature that can. It's a type of a. It's a psychological thing, yeah. not a. Yeah, it's the feeling of authenticity. Um, yeah, so what the so we, we got this joke of a left project. And the problem is that it is presented as the left project, right? So if you're left wing, you've got to you, believe this or else. Yeah, so so Elizabeth Warren, if you know, uh, she's an American politician. Yes, she stood um, to become of a presidential nomination. Yeah, yeah, but at the end she was and claimed you know, when, to be uh, part Native American, I believe. Yeah, and she went. Now the 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 problem is that when she said that in her family, right, or on one side of her family, there was a stories that we have some Native ancestors. That was one thing, and that you can say, you know, that was part of the stories that happened in her family. But then she went and got a DNA test. Mm to show and now that changed it from uh an imagined identity which are the good identities right the 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 poor everybody can say that their family has stories of native you know this is not too uh an essentialist identity saying oh how many of native american genes is she gonna have <laughs> right um and there are Native Americans who prefer the term Indian, saying that well, well, we are Native American, we're the natives, you're the First cultured people. Americans, you're cultured and we're natives. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is that? That's that's not savages. That, that, yeah, well, Indian, at least that's you know, that shows how stupid white people used to be thinking that this is India. Uh, it's funny because um, I'm watching what is called Ken Burns the West, which is actually mm -hmm. made by Stephen Ives in Ken Burns Production Company, but good publicity to say it's Ken Burns. Yep. And um, it's shocking to me, it was made about 30 years ago, I suppose, that that all of the 
First Nations, First Peoples who are interviewed use the term Indian. Mm-hmm. They talk about American Indian. I'm kind of, oh, that's like the N-word. Yeah. I'm not meant to say that, are you? It gets very confusing, you know. First, yeah. first peoples. Yeah, well, so, uh, I think that in Canada, you have First Nations, but I think they're a subsection of the Native Americans. So it's, it's, it could be a little complicated. Um, and why Americans? I mean, it's Turtle Island, isn't it, that you live on? It's <laughs> not America. America is named after John Americk, who is a fisherman. What, why? Yeah, isn't it um, America Vespucci? Or how many other places can you think of that are named for the Christian name of somebody rather than the surname? The it, it's disputed. It, this mm-hmm. is a story worth telling. That the um, English fishers in the fifteen early fifteenth century were pushed off the coast of Greenland aggressively by people from Northern Europe, and so they kept going further looking for fish and they found newfoundland and they called it newfoundland because it was as far as they were concerned yeah. people living there were going no you haven't found it <laughs> we're already here but they found lots of cod off mm-hmm. there and they fished it and they were bristol fishermen one of them called john americ and the local name came to be america mm. there you go yeah, I'm hoping I, I, people will pile into Wikipedia and to the greatest source of no, of knowledge. I nearly said nonsense in the world. The biggest book ever written, though I don't think it's a book because it's not been printed. Yeah, and and I'm hoping they will dive in and with their huge lifetime of expertise at using Google search will prove me wrong on that point. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, we're taught at school it's Amerigo Vespucci, and you're going no, it'd be called Vesputania. Yeah, that's what I thought. That we we are so close to being to I I could be living in the United States of Vespucci, you know. <laughs> Much better, wouldn't it? <laughs> USV. Um, uh, uh, yeah. So we got to to all sorts of 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 contradiction contradiction because of this project of representation and of. Um, we, we came to people on the left or, you know, and, and, you know, you have to remember that the left, the right wing doesn't have a monopoly over stupidity. This is some people are continuously shocked to find out that the right wing doesn't have monopoly, but um, there is, there are people who have embraced this, this fake left project. Mm-hmm. Um, and not mentioning Justin Trudeau in any way. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not. And good, I'm glad. What what uh, uh, what you end up with is is people who saying that white culture, whatever that is, Western culture, uh, the the colonialism, right? That's all the evil in the world. That's all colonialism. It's all our fault. It's all you know. And and this is how you show off by by you know. Uh, um, uh, uh, accepting, you know, and, and focusing on the crimes of colonialism. Of course, those are horrific crimes, but this, what, what you end up with is that you encourage minority people to be, uh, you know, proud of their identity, whatever that imagined identity is. Um, but if a white person is proud of their identity, that's not that's that's right that's right wing right that's not that's not okay right and it's uh so there there's a, a, 
a joke and and Slavoj Žižek tells this joke but he also says that previous philosopher used this joke um and it's it's that's gonna be yeah it's so it's in a synagogue you have the 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 rabbi uh gets on you know gets on stage and he talks to god and he says i am nothing i am insignificant i am uh you know uh, i'm i'm worthless compared to you god and and etc and then uh you know a rich uh you know wealthy jew at the community gets on stage and he too says god i am nothing i am i am worthless i'm insignificant um but then a poor you know a, a poor peasant jew that you know gets on stage and he too says i'm nothing so the the rich guy turns to the rabbi and says who does he think he is to say he's <laughs> nothing like <laughs> He's insignificant like we are, you know, um, which yep. I, I think it's it's tied to the handicap principle, but that's that's another matter. So you have this, uh, um, you, you have people who are saying white, uh, our culture, they're horrible, they're chauvinistic, they gave us the patriarchy, they gave us all the, the, the roots of all the, the problems. And uh, right, so English people, an English white person might say that, and then uh, a French white, an American white person would say, you know, our, we we did the most damage, you know, in the since World War II, and this, and and this would all be true. But if a black person, or if let's say some minority would say, oh, it's our, we are the worst people, yeah, suddenly like who who is he to say that, you know, <laughs> and to you know, to look at the world as this black and white. And, and, you know, we got to the point where the people who say Black Lives Matter are actually a lot better politically and a lot more left-wing and inclusive than the people who say all lives matter. Hmm. People who That's say all lives matter. All lives matter. I'm obviously in the wrong place. Yeah, but all lives matter is a right-wing yeah. uh, racist white supremacist slogan. <laughs> so it's we just got all these contradictions and 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 we have this um the the attack over what is left of the of of the left wing that they only care about representation and they don't care about you which is what the right wing tells poor white americans but also poor people in general that the the problem is that the left or what we have masquerading as left really is that bad <laughs> really is a horrible project that 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 you know uh, um and at the end elizabeth warren we had all the all, all the neo you know the, the neoliberal and they're also neoconservatives um who were running in the president they all dropped up together they said joe biden but elizabeth warren who split the vote with bernie sanders she stayed in so she actually uh helped joe you know joe biden defeat uh, uh bernie sanders so so this this neoliberal warmongering uh but also at the same time neoconservative um uh but, but at the end with, someone what happened with the dna test i didn't i didn't find oh out. so it turns out that she has like two percent or something like that or you know just uh, like all the rest of us yeah it 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 didn't show but of course, who cares? What does it matter? And not just that, Native American, I think that she was supposed to be Cherokee. 
Um, Native Americans from uh, Oklahoma, where, where I, th I think she's from Oklahoma, um, were saying, she, not only is she saying that she's one of us oppressed people, but she's actually the descendant of the people who oppressed us. You know, sure, there might have been some corner where there might have been, an, but all the rest of them were not. They were not uh, uh, neutral think, towards Native Americans. And, and the question becomes very complicated. I, uh, I did a, a, a video about the blues, uh, mm -hmm. with which I'm much enamored, and I pointed out that Charlie Patton, uh, who is the, the first of the blues guitar players that we have recordings of, his pupil, Tommy Johnson, actually recorded before him. And he is said to have learned from this other famed character who never recorded. So Patton was playing the blues on guitar in the teens of the century. And I pointed out that he identified as a Choctaw. He did not ident identify as a black man. Mm -hmm. And immediately <laughs> comments, you know, how dare I make this racist sort of statement? Yeah. I'm going, how dare I repeat what Charlie Patton said about himself? And when we get to, you know, are you more dispossessed than I am? There was a survey around about 1980, I think. And again, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody will troll the internet, find the date and give me the numbers. But my, in the UK, there was a survey to look at who was disadvantaged here. And in comparing groups, it was found indeed that um, um, South Asians, Pakistanis, Bangladeshis, Indians, uh, Sri Lankans, let's not miss anybody. So, so this is at the time, this is not historically. Yeah, this, this is this advantage in, in 1980. In 1980, in the United Kingdom, who had the uh, poorest education, the uh, shortest life expectancy, the worst health, uh, the worst addiction problems? And mm -hmm. the West Indians were not doing well. You know, we invited a lot of Caribbean people to come here and do menial jobs that we didn't want to do after mm -hmm. the Second World War, after they served very bravely in the armed forces and all of that stuff. But loads of them came over very happily on the Windrush to, to help out. They brought us ska music and Calypso and all of that good stuff. And then found themselves treated as an underclass. So it was true that, that they had poor education, worse health and shorter lives and less economic success than, than white people. However, there was one class of white people who actually scored lower on all of the counts. And those people were Irish people. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to go white versus, I think we need- uh, to... Irish people in, the, in, in Britain. Yeah. Yes, Irish people living in Britain. And of course, a large part of the Irish population more Irish people live in the US and Britain than, than live in Ireland. Mm -hmm. You know, there are four or five yeah. million, you know, at a time when there were like three million Irish. There were, you know, there were that many mm -hmm. more. And you've got this sense, as, as you say, where there's an identity created. I belong to this group and therefore this. I have a terrible problem when we move from one generation to the next, which is to say, you know, in 1863, your great-great-great-grandfather oppressed my great-great-great-grandfather, therefore you should be punished. Now, Yeah, or but, you should check your privilege, which is another way to say just shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. and it, it does say in the Bible something about the sins of the father being visited even unto yeah. the sons of the fourth generation, and I think there is some truth in that. 
this notion, I saw an interview, I think it was Mengele's son, and he was about four years old when Mengele fled yeah. um, the, the angel of death from Auschwitz, the man who decided who lived and died, and rather other nasty things which we won't get into here. But his son never knew the father, didn't grow up with him, but he was a Mengele. And it, he, he spent his life loathing his father, finding out everything he could about him and exposing it. And it led to this question of collective guilt, of, you know, mm -hmm. does his guilt passed on in the bloodstream? And it, it, we see an inversion of it in the way that Germany under Adenauer and others after the war supported Israel mm -hmm. without necessarily looking at Israel becoming, a, let's say, a liberal democracy. You know, where you could get married outside of a synagogue or a, a mosque. One day you'll be able to possibly yeah. just go to Cyprus, which is what it's. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that's <laughs> that, that. That is, you know, another one of those those paradoxes where people in Germany, um, uh, some say that there's two types of people. There's the people who don't like Jews, and those are Nazis, and I'm not one of them. And there's the people who like Jews. And since I'm not a Nazi, I'm going to be the one on the people of who like Jews. Therefore, I support Israel. Instead of the... the, in, in the this is one conclusion that you can have from the, the you know, World War II or the... The, uh, the other conclusion is that racism is bad. <laughs> regardless if Jews do it or people I who imagine themselves. Fairness. I support fairness. I support equality. Equal, yeah. Call it whatever. But if you watch the movie, The Schindler's List, of course, it, it, it depicts, you know, aspects of the Holocaust. And at the end, the triumph, right? First of all, capitalism saves the, the Jews in the Holocaust, right? That's, that's in Schindler's List. But at the end, the triumph uh, is, is the state of Israel, instead, which is a racist state at this Point in time, and you speak um, to somebody who who spent his formative years in Israel and went yeah. to university. So you have yeah, in, uh, in Israel. You go there. Went to the segregated schools in Israel. Never oh. talked to uh, uh, a Muslim or a non-Jew until I left Israel. And uh, this is a country where over twenty percent of the population are non-Jews. <laughs> so. Um, uh yeah it's it's highly segregated and it's it's very problematic we today is 55 years for the occupation uh, 1967 yeah. um so the 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 project of of identity and that to 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 realize historic injustices uh, means that we need to remedy them by getting representation within the ruling classes of those victims, even though the people represented might not have anything in common, right? For example, women. Women were a victim of a patriarchic society, but helping women means helping the poor people. Helping Hillary Clinton become president does not help women. And, and <laughs> it actually hurts women. Let's add to the list. You also have Indira Gandhi, Golda Meir, Margaret yeah. Thatcher, Catherine. And, and, and if you look Dowager, at the, the Dowager and, Empress of China, that there have been a lot of women in history. And, and now we have black representation in uh, American presidents and, of course, Barack Obama. But he was horrible for the poor people in America, including the black people. Hmm. Um, 
didn't do very much good for the rest of the world but yeah he's very handsome knows how to say sorry which um is something that and i'm sure he inspired many black people but doesn't inspiration is not doesn't help no, as and, much as uh, actual uh, opportunity yeah and and curiously the brilliant documentary kumare um mm -hmm. the film was it bobby that was made about um, barack obama or it, but it's made by um the same guy oh okay whose name i forget but yeah but they're absolutely brilliant. Everybody should watch Kumari. But I managed yeah. to get 20 minutes of this saccharine thing about the life of Barack Obama. And while I admire, to some extent, what Obama has said, and he certainly is a, a remarkable public speaker, he has tremendous decorum, you know, mm, oh, yeah. real charisma. But he, he didn't close Guantanamo Bay, as he had promised. He did use drone strikes, and he lied when he said and, that Osama bin Laden had been found through the torture and went on a mobile. He wasn't. It was a phone tap. Yeah. So we, we, we got into a pretty... And, and, and he, he bailed out Wall Street, threw out five million people out of their houses, uh, didn't, you know, didn't reform the, the yeah, just yeah, appointed head of feds that are right wing. I mean, all, all his, ca his entire cabinet was written to him by Citibank, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, exactly. Brought, took Geithner in, brought took in all those characters from, that are... Took in leading characters who had been in the, the financial collapse and caused yeah. it and kept on running. So we've basically, we've spent almost an hour dissing Democrats. Um, and... and, and uh, so we do and, need to and, name some new labor and new labor, yeah. New labor. So we need to, you know, make sure that Donald Trump and um the and, Bushes and other people Reagan, yeah. Because they too are part of the neoliberal. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's just that the Bill Clinton did extreme right-wing stuff that uh Reagan couldn't do. Mm. That Bush Not shopping welfare, uh, you know what I mean. First yeah, yeah. He, he ended welfare. He, he exploded the prison population. Uh, Bill Clinton deregulated the banks, which destroyed the, the, the financial, brought the financial collapse. Uh, he deregulated the, the media, which brought us right-wing radio monopolies, gave us Fox News, gave us, before that, none of that could happen. Um, Extraordinary rendition, the reintroduction of torture is the American way. Yeah, and NAFTA, the, the betrayal of the American working class, which he and everybody else predicted would have the exact opposite effect that it did. Um, what is NAFTA? Uh, Sorry. NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. So oh, okay. this is yep, what... So this, this forced uh, Mexico to... Uh, accept walmart right so walmart got into mexico started ruining their economy and then you got mexican immigrants coming to to america because they were you know destroyed by also tariff free importation of subsidized american farming goods so it was a complete disaster for mexico but it was also a big disaster for the united states canada less uh also but but less so but it it's uh nafta yeah it's the the um the free trade agreement uh and of course he destroyed the, the the soviet union or what you know the the former eastern bloc with shock therapy uh it's it, it's just economic shock therapy yeah yeah 
where they they just basically gave away everything the state owned and saying that this is going to be the best thing for you neoliberalism you know it's what's it's it's the it's the as the richest man in the known universe richest man ever yeah yeah when we're 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 gonna have trillionaires soon um yeah it's it's uh it's very sad but at the end people are arguing on whether or not the the it's okay to have a white per, white person represent you know if if we need the minority to be the face of the the on the news or whether it needs to be a a gay person represented as a character on a TV show and as long as that's the argument uh there's no threat to 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 the to, to the world deteriorating further and further um and the important thing is that um those who have the best interests of humanity for once should be in power and people who are not destructive megalomaniacs and it it seems to me that this is i'm absolutely for what's called here positive discrimination that you make sure that you are representing both sexes Mm -hmm. to some degree you are that all certainly in all democratic institutions i'm very happy to see that we have um south asian mps yeah no no, it's 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 all it's all great but if there's a massive proportion and also if 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 the you know in the american supreme court you have a character called clarence thomas which is a horrible right-wing person who happens to be black and and that blackness is a fig leaf that Hmm. which i mean Joe Biden is the one that that pushed him through the Senate to me. Um, so, uh, uh, but this uh, or or Kamala Harris, you have this, you know, or, um, the idea that as South long Park, as the person on, is on South Park, you have token. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the American Marines now did uh, uh, an ad. The, we have a thing called the Gay Pride Month in America now. So the Marines put a, a, a picture that's like the 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 uh, an advertisement for the Marines with a helmet. It's it's like the um, full metal jacket poster. Yeah. But the bullets that are in the strap of the Marines, they're in the each one rainbow. in the different rainbow flag, right? Wow. So this is this is man. what we this is what we are left with this fake left wing which is a parody and is you know it's 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 a disaster but um you know if the democratic party were uh were this these type of democratic party if they were here before the american civil war they'll be proud that there's transgender slave owners you know it's not the 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 problem is not the representation and if it's the representation is the fig leaf that allows horrible right-wing people to be placed in like clarence thomas like kamala harris uh then that's actually uh representation is a bad thing in that case because it just makes people not see things as they are it blinds people to the horrible policies of right-wing people that happen to uh to have darker skins yeah and to it's worth putting a couple of notes in here i think um uh, dubois du bois sorry w-e-b the boys boys Sorry, yeah. I just keep going for that 
because it means wood, the wood in French. Bois. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Du Bois, um, he talked in, you know, around about 1900 about the religion of whiteness. And it's worth pointing out that he was a sociologist. We, that's the term we use these mm -hmm. days. And he was also black. And might be the greatest American intellectual hmm. we've had. And he uh, a great a great person, yeah. And he recognized that when you looked historically at the religion of whiteness, and I think it's a very good phrase that, mm -hmm. you know, looking at the KKK and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and all of these lovely groups, that that it for them, like free market capitalism, it's a religion. It, it's yeah. It's based on their feelings of knowing, their certainty that this is the right way to believe. But it's it's a new religion because there, there would have been anti-Irish and anti-Italian 50 years before that. The whiteness was brand new, yeah. That's why Du Bois came to it, because he was saying this is a very recent event in history. Yeah. And I got interested in that and just I was lucky because the day that I wanted, and this is magical, the day that I wanted to research it, something, this was a year ago, something came up in my feed about Du Bois and the religious whiteness and said, well, actually, the first thing that, I think, I think the first time they could find any reference to a, a racial discrimination, a, a discrimination based upon colour, that is to say, mm -hmm. of skin, was in the 18th century. It was really not very long ago that nobody, mm -hmm. if asked who they were in 1657, they wouldn't have said, I'm a white man. That, that was irrelevant. You know, they could be whatever colour. Yeah. And also, of course, we, we know historically now that, say, Nelson's Navy that um, defeated um, Napoleon, mm -hmm. that many of the sailors were black. Mm. I don't know. Um, and, and it, but nobody mentions it, because who cares? Yeah. And the, the, many of the sailors would today be called black. Yeah, and, and you get this, this, this we have a, a phrase here that when I was a kid, it's gone now, that if a black child was born to a white couple, then there was a Spanish grandmother. <laughs> reference back to the idea of Moorish. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not sure what the, the black Irish are, but that's, that sounds like. Well, and you, you have this other division in the US that, that, that we think of Europeans as Europeans, I think, for the most part. In, in this part of the world. But in the US, you have white people, but you also have Latinos. Yeah. And for us, the Spanish, the Portuguese, it's just a part of you know, the European continent. The fact that their skin and the Italians, coming to think about it, might be a little more olive is, is not mm -hmm. relevant. I mean, and, and yeah. Hitler, of course, had to accept the Spanish and the Italians were Aryans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, Aryan adjacent. But I'll tell you that in the the Haitian constitution, this is uh, so. This is Haiti, uh, uh, predominantly land of the voodoo. Yeah, but many uh, most people there are black. But in the constitution, it uh, states that all Haitian citizens, regardless of the color their color of their skin, are black. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we're all black. Some of us is a little bit pale. Yeah. Because we don't get enough sunshine. And some <laughs> yeah. of us can absorb vitamin D more easily because yeah. we don't get enough sunshine. Um, the other person yeah. that interests me, uh, just to drop the name, is Thomas mm -hmm. Sowell. Okay. Uh, who talked about, who suggested 
again, a sociologist or anthropologist, that kind of social science thing. Mm -hmm. um, and he suggested that, and was not the first to do so, as you pointed out to me a year or two back, he suggested that the reason, one of the reasons that black culture has become so aggressive in the United States, and which is not to say everybody black is doing this, but there are pockets of aggressive culture. It's not simply because of the despicable treatment they've received. And I think if we look to say the history of Watts in LA, we can see the despicable treatment mm -hmm. that was meted out to black people. But it's also the despicable treatment they received during the slave, slavery era, mm -hmm. because the slave owners, you know, a, a large proportion of slave keepers in, in the American South uh, were what are called borderers here, which is to say they were people who had emigrated from the Scottish border, mm -hmm. whether from the English or the Scottish side, where there had been perpetual warfare for a very long time, or they came from uh, the Pale in Dublin, from Northern Ireland, who, of course, are related closely because many of them had left Scotland to go there. So yeah. this, who are you looking at sort of culture the, and, and some of the examples Sal gives from um, the 18th and 19th century are startling. You know, some statement from a guy who said, well, I had to kill him because he came over and he was uncivil to my wife this morning. You know, he didn't call her my lady. You know, that, that you know, you're being dissed, this whole progressive mm -hmm. culture. And he, Thomas Sal, talks about this passing into. You recommended... Yeah. Um, uh, American, American nations. nations. Yeah. So in American nations, he will tell you that the slave owners, they're deep South people. The people you described, they're Appalachians. They're hired by the slave owners right, to, to, to beat up the black people. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's, it's because <laughs> they are poor. They are too poor to own slaves themselves. Those yeah, that Appalachians, does make, greater Appalachians. That yeah. does make sense. The idea of anybody from, from that part. Of the, no. Um, I, and let me add, just as a footnote, that Thomas Sowell, mm -hmm. anthropologist, sociologist, is also an African-American. Mm -hmm. So these are not, this is not me, a white cis male yeah. making and things up. You know, you I, I, I think it was, it was during a, a soccer or, you know, what, uh, you know, European or, or international football uh, World Cup or something. I think the French won and some, I think it might have been an American politician might have been they referred to a, a, a black french person as an african french like an african-american and the french were like what are you talking about french. we don't have that we just have french people we don't have this hyphen you know we, we we don't have different type we just you can either be french or not french and no matter what you are now, I can see an advantage for the hyphen, this Italian-American, African-American. I can see the advantage for the, the, the French, but it's not clear that one of them is better than the other. And, yes. and it's a strange distinction. The, the reason that um, um, you know, universal education was introduced into the United States, it, it was introduced into Prussia because Napoleon had beaten them and they wanted soldiers and they needed to be more obedient. So in 1806, Willem von Humboldt, whose brother was even more famous, um, and a brilliant man, Darwin's yeah. inspiration, um, but Willem von Humboldt introduced what is now the longest running universal education system 
to Prussia so they could make better soldiers. The mm -hmm. universal education was adopted in Britain so that women could go and work in factories and somebody mm -hmm. would do something with the kids, you know, while they're doing that. But and, yeah, also that everybody would speak the same language when they go to the factory, that, that you wouldn't be speaking some corner dialect and not know what the boss wants from you. You went to, to school, so now you know a little bit of, uh, you know, English. Yeah, there's probably some of that. Yeah. You and I differ on on the, uh, the the broad differences in English dialects, having... Um, no, no, but in France, in France, this was, you know, oh, yeah. if you're a Cornish, if you're a Cornish person, UK, and, we, and, and France is not in the UK, you know, yeah, yeah, but even in the UK, you, have, you had Cornish people that spoke a different language. That, they still do. Didn't make any difference. <laughs> I be talking language, none of us didn't stand a bit, bit up. And the glass, glass mm -hmm. regions talk like, oh, and I, and it's, yeah, as you can see in any Billy Connolly concert. So, I, uh, um, received speech was not something that came about through our education system and right. it's something that actually happens we're talking the 1870s received is, is an idea of the 1920s yeah. um, after BBC English takes us all over and plumb in the mouth English comes down <laughs> from the public school but, but the, the stated intention was we can get women to go out to work yeah. in factories so we can double our production and uh, you know those children and, and which was not... also probably thinking of the war effort and then we can kill more foreigners well they, a lot of four-year-olds have been stuffed up chimneys and got yeah. stuck there sent down mines they weren't as effective as pit ponies so the thought was give them a few years to make them obedient and make them good boy scouts and of course the origin of the boy scouts is in training better soldiers but let's not get into yeah. baden powell that's how he said his name baden powell in the US, the idea of universal education was to homogenize the population. And so mm -hmm. it's always amused me that it's the one place in the world where all of the populations have remained distinct. And there's always this idea of you're a Vietnamese American, you're a, yeah. you know, whichever kind. And when you look at this, yes, this idea of a Native American, I'm not really sure that the hundreds of different language groups of people who who lived yeah. there it, it's like the word european this is yeah. a word that really doesn't have had no meaning whatsoever when i was a child the europeans were across the channel yeah and foreigner you know, and then we brief we became europeans until boris johnson and his wisdom yeah but so the, but the native americans they became a, a coherent category because of the oppression because of white people exactly. just like jews became a coherent per, uh, category because of anti-semitism yeah and in, yeah. and and it could nothing could be further from the truth because if you have two jews in a room you have three yeah. opinions as is well known yeah but also the, the in in america or in england you you see yiddish jews but when you go to israel you see that there's a lot of other uh you know, Jewish traditions with their own foods, with their own music, with their own clothing, with their own, you know, that their own languages. And and uh, um, and the, the Ashkenazi Jews, the ones that eat gefilte fish or the, the, the you know, with with uh, uh, klezmer music, that's just one one among many Jewish cultures. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I knew a, a Yemeni Jew mm -hmm. and uh, I, I counted at the time. I was involved in Scientology in the oh, um, early 1980s, and I knew 17 Jews. 
you know, and considered my friends. Yeah. Um, of all, you know, one from Leeds and the community here, um, uh, this guy, uh, Yaron, from, uh, he'd come from Yemen, and mm -hmm. most of them Sabras, born in, mm -hmm. you know, into Israel, second generation Israelis. None of them believers in God, I must say. Uh, so none of them yeah, practitioners yeah. of the Jewish religion, sure. but nonetheless part of this community. And I remember because I'd, you know, I'd never had to really think about it. I was a kid, I was about 25 or something. Really, as I got to know Yaron, kind of getting, he really doesn't look like any of the other Jews. <laughs> he looks yeah. like an Arab. He looked like yeah. a very handsome Arab as well, I must say. He was a very handsome young man. Um, which I don't say from a you know, gay or bisexual yeah. perspective. He just, you know, was very symmetrical yeah. features. Didn't fancy him or anything, but um, he, he was a good-looking man. But he, he, that, you know, the stereotypical, you know, people with my kind of complexion and a nose like mine yeah. <laughs> as, as being Jewish and theoretically you know my dad always when he was asked what his religion was said he was jewish but it's not actually true he, he just that was the solidarity yeah. he felt uh -huh. um we're, we're white anglo-saxon protestants down to the core <laughs> um but that that whole sort of you know who on earth are these people and and why should it you know it's horrible to classify people together so you can oppress them because yep. and they say that so many different traditions and when you look at we've both of us recently read the dawn of everything mm -hmm. by Gregor mangro which is a marvelous book and everybody should read it um because it shakes you up and gets you to think about all the nonsense you were taught in school about ancient civilizations yeah. and most particularly the end of history fukuyama idea that, that patrician capitalism is 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 somehow an aspect of social evolution or societal yeah. evolution as if you could you know it's best to keep evolution where it belongs not use it as a metaphor for societies yeah. and suggest that that somehow the invisible hand of capitalism is shaping society to perfection our society is in a terrible mess and it's <laughs> yes. very, very reassuring to know that it's just one of many possible directions for society. But what comes out of that book is, you know, the incredible differences, which, which I was already aware of, between, say, Pueblo peoples and mm -hmm. native Californians. Who are and this is the dawn of everything book. This is not the end of history book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. I, I'm... <laughs> it, 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 they're, they're rebutting the notion yeah we have reached the end of history and they yeah. do so beautifully um but you see the incredible differences you know I, i've long been fascinated by um the, the peoples of turtle island and um you know because you're, you're a kid in this country it was all cowboys and indians and mm -hmm. um you, know, you gradually learn this vast place you know that if you're dealing i read a lot about the cherokee a lot about the iroquois I read about Californian peoples. I read about the Cheyenne mm -hmm. and the Ponca. I even wrote a play about the Ponca, um, about the Lakota. And you, you know, if you go from Siberia to Portugal and you look at all of the cultures in between, and you say, well, that's European. And they speak European yeah. languages, you know, it's the same 
with America that, that to lump these incredibly different cultures together, you know, from the Aztecs and Mixtecs and Toltecs and Totonacs and, you know, Olmecs, all of these people and say they're the same. This is a this is an error. It's a you yeah. know, black people, white people, African people, Jewish people. Christian people. yeah now it's 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 I mean there is a problem and this is you know goes back to the problem of the one and the many that ancient philosophers would talk about are we talking about collectives as units or are we talking about identities as units are we talking about classes as units or are we talking about individuals and units and um you need a mixed you need a mixed approach the the this identity, you know, that we're, we, you know, we have cultures and there's like 18 of them and we have the, each one of them has its own rights. That's a problem. Saying that there's only individuals, that's a completely different problem, but maybe worse. I mean, or that's the, it's, it's, we really cannot fall on, on, on either one of those. Um, we need a hybrid approach and uh, each each question needs to we need to assess whether we need to analyze it on, on as individuals or as cultures or as nice. identities or as classes and and uh yeah it's it's uh the the temptation to choose one and say all other analysis on on another level is problematic i think that's that's doomed for failure yeah i mean the, the word simplistic is moved into the English language to mean simple but if one goes back and, and looks at what it actually means these are simplistic ways these are oversimplified ways of, of looking mm -hmm. at it and it and you get to formulations like Freud where it, you either want to have sex with it or kill yourself <laughs> and this is happening at yeah. a cellular level according to Freudian theory all your cells are going oh, I, oh let me jump on oh I'm gonna kill myself and then that's yeah. all that's going on and whichever, you know, you get, you know, uh, Milton Friedman's monetarism and the control of the money supply and all this kind of thing. These things are um, belief systems. Yeah. They're not sciences. They're not proven. Well, I mean, they, they are treated as sciences because you also have the selfish gene as, as one of those, uh, <laughs> which is officially in a science, you know, uh, facade. Um, so you know, I you remember can... watching Richard Dawkins with one of his, I mean, Stephen Jay Gould was the other, but Franz Duval, who's somebody mm -hmm. I really admire. And they're having this conversation on camera. And Duval said, selfish is not really the right word, is it? And Dawkins said, yes, you're right. <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> well, I heard the biologist. It can't be selfish. It's not trying to do anything there's no determination on its part so selfish is a bit of the wrong now let's look at the word gene hmm. yeah that might not so be I, the right I, word either i yeah i heard that a biologist saying that richard Dawkins meant selfish as a metaphor but we now know that the gene is actually a metaphor yeah. it's hard to define what the gene is uh strictly yeah, yeah. and and we we do uh, you know there is you know, for those of us who do not understand everything in the world, it's very easy to grab hold of simple yeah. relations and metaphors and say, well, I'll go with that. And yeah. I'll follow that. And, and that will do something. I got into an argument with, with a dear friend who put it to me that in dealing with people, 
you know, with couples, you, you could say, well, what you're not understanding about your partner is they're driven by um, serotonin, <laughs> dopamine, endorphins, yeah. or oxytocin. And these are the four categories of people, and these are their drives. And I was just... What about the the the, the phlegm and the black bile and the yellow bile? <laughs> that was the first... Yeah, exactly. That, that, that we... This is Garland... Garland's idea is being yeah, stolen. The, the, the four but, humors. But but yeah, that that you are either it's either your blood, your sanguine, which means cheerful, um, one of your two kind your your cola, and the the yeah. cola is the bile, which are the um, the uh, jejunum and the ileum, the two lower parts of the small intestine, wow. one of which produces black bile, melan cola melan meaning black uh, and yeah. melancholy and the other of which um is the choleric or angry temperament which is yellow bile and then you have snot phlegm yeah. the phlegmatic or apathetic people there you go <laughs> but curiously i went away and looked up how many hormones enzymes and neurochemicals we know about so far <laughs> and it's somewhere near 200 yeah. And of course, the, the, the most common of the neurotransmitters is monosodium glutamate or the glutamate. But yeah, so famous so from M monosodium glutamate. A couple of months ago, I saw this exact argument presented as neuroscience in New Scientist. Mm -hmm. And you're going, well, I'd like to add cortisol to the mix. And what about orexin? Yeah. You know, isn't or um melatonin that might be important you know gaba oh, i mean there's a bunch of them yeah gaba wherever you go all of these things are interacting and so my argument was well why not look at, at, at just saying well your partner likes to anticipate things let's not say that you know have a lot of dopamine or what have you yeah your partner likes the satisfaction of something that's been a, what have you and eventually about a week later because I really did get concerned about, because this is a highly intelligent friend. And um, so I said, well, you know, I've looked at this and there are all these enzymes and hormones and what have you, and they're interacting. My friend said, oh, I was just being bloody minded. <laughs> now, before we finish, we've got to say some nasty yeah. things about Republicans, because we yeah. really have given the Democrats a hard sure. time. Yeah. Despite so to say that they're even worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're they're even Someone. worse people, but they might or might not be more dangerous because we mm. know that they're evil, right? So because mm. we know that they're evil, they might be a little less dangerous. Mm. Um, but... Do you think it was fair that um, um, you know one of the super minorities in the world, uh, people with orange faces, that one of them became president? Yeah, it's <laughs> the. the... The Rainbow Alliance. Yeah, I mean the 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 best thing he did as president is make um, male makeup uh, acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know maybe maybe not a good thing. But the um, the Republicans, if if you look at and this is this is analysis done by Barbara Ehrenreich, um, the 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 neoconservatives. Um, they took over the the a lot of the thinking in the Republican Party, especially since the 80s. Um, 
And, and maybe we should explain the concept of, of neoconservatives. They, these are, if I'm remembering right, yeah. Straussians. Of Leo Strauss, who yeah. basically believed he was a big fan of cowboy shows in the 50s, and there were the, people in white hats and people in black hats. Yeah, and, and, and you need to lie to the people. Well, he actually, as far as I understand it, it's neo-Confucianism. There's nothing new in it. <laughs> but what Confucius said was that it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or some central principle of belief. Mm -hmm. It matters that you tell the people you do and you yep. get the emperor to go around the four seasons of his palace every year according to the harmony and will of heaven. And whatever we think about Confucius, it is the most persistent political philosophy of all time because mm -hmm. modern China still runs on Confucianism, where Confucius put the family at the heart of the system, Mao moved it to the Communist Party. So your loyalty was to that. But otherwise, as far as I can tell, Maoist communism is nothing to do with Marx. It, it's a form mm -hmm. of... Putting that aside, Strauss, yeah. quite independently, developed these same ideas by watching cowboy things like Rawhide with Clint Eastwood in, you know, really old, yeah. tiny things, and taught uh, Dick Cheney, Don Rumsfeld, they they picked up these ideas, which are about there being good guys and bad guys, and what was added to that was uh, and people don't blame him enough for this, but it's 1998 in Chicago. Tony Blair gives what's called the Peacemaker speech, where he says not only should we oppose active tyrants. But where we don't like the look of a country, we should take it over and turn it into a democracy, as he did so successfully in Iraq. I am yep. being ironic for anybody that hasn't noticed there. He is yep. also the peace ambassador to the Middle East, for the UK, having been involved in the annihilation of almost a million people in Iraq yep. and Afghanistan. So he will be trusted wherever he goes. He's just been just been knighted as well. Is wow. Sir Tony Blair, despite 800,000 people, myself included, signing a petition that this should not happen. But it's sorry, we're meant to be dissing Republicans. <laughs> I've gone off the subject. Yeah. Well, Margaret Thatcher said uh, Tony Blair is, is her greatest achievement. But um, yeah, and that's but, true. That's true. Yeah. She did, of course, have dementia by this time. But yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and you can say that Bill Clinton is is uh, is is you know Reagan or Nixon's greatest achievement. But um, the, well, well, the let me just throw in my one of my favorite things in history: Huntress Thompson, the great Huntress Thompson, who invented invented gonzo journalism, where you write about yourself rather than the subject matter. And um, he said that um, after Nixon, that that every book he wrote would have a chapter about Nixon in it. So Better Than Sex, which is his hearty critique of Clinton and Clinton's election, has a chapter at the end about Nixon. <laughs> so he kept his word. Yeah. And, um, Fear and Loathing was written before. Mm -hmm. that, so yeah. But when he heard that George W. Bush had been elected president, he said, where's Nixon when you need him? <laughs> and um, you know, there, you know, having vulpine cunning, at least having intelligence along of some yeah. kind alongside it, you might get somewhere. But yeah, and of course, Nixon is our last liberal president. You know, created the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, ended the Vietnam War. Uh, well, 
yeah, uh, the, uh, it's uh, the Ford. Ford, Ford did it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, well, no, yes, uh, but, but the treaties were signed, weren't they, through the negotiations? Well, he ended the Cold War for the first time. <laughs> he went and to he China opened, so that Philip Glass yeah, writes an opera about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so yeah, and the Republicans today, of course, are 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 a lot worse than they used to be. But the um, Obama says that uh, he governed like a moderate Republican. Hmm. Well, and let's remember that Abe Lincoln was a Republican. Yeah, right? exactly. and according to Donald Trump, the only president in history better than himself. And the Trump, by the way, is the, the the least warmongering of the major politicians today. Which is a really very tragic. So busy preening that that he didn't have time to blow up North Korea. Yeah, but, it, but it, the Lao Tzu in in the Tao Te Ching says um, that when the the government is in confusion, the people are at peace, and. There is wow. a certain truth to that, you know, when the government to cease to interfere with us, we can get on with stuff through yeah. the invisible hand of getting on with stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's you and know, my hand isn't invisible when I do that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And and things are, are you know, society is a lot more complicated, but the today than it was in the time of Lao Tzu, but the um the what what the the neo so the neoconservatives they believe that you should lie to the to the people right which is also a, and a, unify a fascist them to believe a fascist tradition yeah um so neoliberals neoliberals say that so our religion needs to be the market the neoconservatives say no we need to the 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 market need to control everything but we need to sell them a different religion which is nationalism or yeah nationalism. chauvinism or yeah um but the they decided the first of all neoconservatives they adopt class analysis which is a strange thing so they believe that there are classes and that there is a war between those classes but they said that there is a new class which is the what we would call the left or you know people who support neo uh, uh, the new deal and, and stuff like that mm -hmm. and that that new class made a pact with immigrants and lazy people to backstab the authentic poor white people who are they are on the other side so you have the new class which is leftists and immigrants and on the other side you have authentic americans and rich americans Right. And that division is, which is a completely fabricated and imagined thing, but it has become um, what Murdoch and, and, and Turner, right? What, 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 what Fox News ended up making Americans believe. And uh, um, it's very tragic. Yeah. I, I mean, we must be coming to a close soon, yeah. but, um, sadly. But uh, Adam Curtis, who generally has made mm -hmm. very good documentaries, but made incredibly stupid comments about Scientology and Margaret Singer and brainwashing, but that's another matter. Mm -hmm. But when he, uh, I think it was in The Power of Nightmares, where he's, you know, when people go on about the mainstream media, they don't realise that this guy's sitting in the basement at the BBC, the mm -hmm. most radical documentary yeah. maker of the generation, has done all of his work for the BBC. So mm -hmm. 
go go figure yeah but in the power of nightmares he puts forward a an idea that winston churchill to bind the people put forward the myth of a golden age and margaret thatcher believed it <laughs> i think it, it is a very yeah. good observation that because she was a chemist yeah she was the first and only science graduate to be prime minister of this country and indeed yeah. because of that chlorofluorocarbon cfcs are banned around the world she was the person that did that so that was a very good thing there were a few mm -hmm. not so very good things that also happened <laughs> um, yeah. but but this idea of the golden age is all it's built into neoconservatism it, it, it it's built into the to nationalism, white, in general. nationalism as i said the the, the yeah. past still has a great future exactly there's so there there was this time when atlantis and lemuria yeah. were still above the waves when the superpower aryan people miscegenated <laughs> with the lemurians and that led to us but all of these imagined communities all of these mm -hmm ideas i am this you are that where what we would like if it's possible is for people who care about people people yeah. who need people there's a song in this somewhere should actually have some say in the world instead of these self-obsessed you know yeah and the way to help the poor is to help the poor and not to help the rich <laughs> and hoping that it will trickle the rich of a certain minority and hope it trickles down you know and, um, and to, i mean if we looked at just a simple application of, of that principle um my own family are involved in uh, one of my brothers is, is involved in building um little shelter houses for the homeless Mm -hmm. or rough sleepers as we now call them here yeah when mara thatcher was prime minister and, and gave the edict about closing our mental hospitals they used to be called mental patients many of them and mm -hmm. so they this issued the care in the community program which meant you close the places where they sleep and they can sleep under bridges in cardboard yeah. boxes but my brother is involved in a project which which has its origins really and he's invested time and money into this and he's good at things uh, and it gives it you know a little you know um prefabricated dwelling mm -hmm. yeah that's got a shower and a toilet and a kitchen and a bed and a, a living space so that people do not have to be rough sleepers finland and who would what would we call the Finns politically? You know, who knows anymore? But Finland, I don't believe, has any more homeless people. They've housed them mm -hmm. all by, by saying, let's do that. Now, yep. they have the economic wealth because of all the timber they can sell and metal and stuff like that. Uh, and they've just joined NATO, of course, which is quite weird. Yeah, well... But they, they, they have addressed the problem directly, not having a war on poverty by hiring... PR people and giving them lots of money to put posters up. Well, the, the, actually feeding people, housing people, giving them healthcare. Yeah, but right-wing ideologies, many of them, and these are, I think, 
you know, inspired by by Protestant, uh, certain Protestant ideologies, don't see that homelessness is a problem. Homelessness must exist according to this ideology as the threat that would keep the middle class working. If, I, I if think the, the middle class are not afraid. Tiny that little shelters would be enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> if, know, if not they're enough. not afraid that they'll have to sleep under a bridge, they're not going to work hard. <laughs> so we must make sure that some people live under a bridge. So there really is a right wing ideology that sees it as a positive. Yeah, a sort of Calvin. <laughs> but but it, I, you know, I, for for anybody that's of that mindset, please, you know, mm -hmm. the difference between living in Elon Musk's house. And living in what is fundamentally a, a, a good quality shed, that should be enough. You know, the idea of being kicked to death on the street being where you're going. Yeah. Well, the 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 notion of freedom, the according the right wing or even neoliberal freedom, is that both the rich and the poor are both equally free to go live, sleep under the bridge. You know. Yeah. Just just uh, there you or, go. Or as Norman Tebbit, who was uh, the hatchet man for. Uh, Mark Thatcher said, get on your bike. <laughs> and at that point, we probably should leave this yes. conversation. But um, thank you. It's been highly informative. And <laughs> thank uh, you. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, yeah. you've our lower PhD. Um, thank you. Our resident genius. Uh, and um, I'm John Atak. And um, if you haven't made a contribution to Patreon yet, then who knows what's going to happen to you, but I can't <laughs> guarantee any freedom for you anymore. So if you want to keep, you know, playing with us, then you have to pay. So yeah. um, stick, stick five or 10 bucks a month in. It doesn't, you know, we're not greedy. Yeah, you'll feel better. Yeah, you'll feel so much better. Oh. You'll feel I've actually done something to help humanity by yeah. giving money to John Atak's channel so he can talk to people about things that basically annoy the right and the left, the woke, <laughs> the unwoke, you know, yep. things that, oh, it's so boring. I, I did an interview, there's, there's a documentary called The Nature of Existence, uh, which my friend Roger Nygaard made. And he became mm -hmm. my friend during that point. And he called me up and he said, uh, can I interview for a documentary? I said, I'm not talking about Scientology anymore. And he said, no, no, <laughs> it's not about that. I read your book, but I, you know, I'm interviewing people all over the world about the nature of existence and i'm asking everybody mm -hmm. the same questions and and will you do that and i was like as long as you don't start asking me questions about scientology he did a couple of times during the interview he tried and i just stared at him yeah. but otherwise he asked me that you know two hours worth of questions no preparation he asked richard dawkins the next day um mm -hmm. but he'd been around and he'd asked rabbis in jerusalem priests in the vatican city Taoists in taiwan indian gurus in india this is his own project um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he's done lots of other things. He's Trekkies and a great movie called Suckers. He's the editor for Curb Your Enthusiasm and has been mm -hmm. for years. Um, so, you know, he, he's got a life as well, but this was his yeah. own project. He'd asked um, neuroscientists. He'd asked uh, psychologists. He'd asked astronomers. He'd asked, you know, smart people. This yeah. same list of questions. And he... Uh, almost accidentally paid me what I consider to be about the, the nicest compliment anybody's ever paid me. That evening, after three hours of standing in Regent's Park mm -hmm. with two cameras on me and being asked these questions which I'd never seen before, he sat down and, and a friend of his had, had 
was meeting us for lunch and a dinner rather and and said um so how did t- today go and he said well i think paul the other cameraman would say it was the best interview we've done hmm? out of 200 and he'd probably say that you know roger doesn't speak for himself he's way too clever for that probably say that because everybody else we've interviewed within five minutes you can predict everything they'll say (laughs) and so this is the channel where you can you know you can surprise (laughs) yeah you've got no idea what's going to happen grand so thanks so much again Yuva. cheer bye thanks again we'll do it soon again yeah hi john here thanks for watching We'd appreciate it very much if you'd click like, as well as subscribe, and click the bell for notifications. Every dollar helps, and we welcome new patrons on Patreon. Or you can make a one-off payment with any currency through PayPal. Thanks so much. Talk like, oh, and, and, oh. And it's spread, yeah.